Good morning and welcome to the Sahaja Yoga radio program. This is 2SER 107.3. On today's program, we'll be listening to the stories of two people who have benefited from practicing Sahaja Yoga. Their names are Greg and Deborah. With different backgrounds and their own reasons for coming to Sahaja Yoga, we will learn what they've gained from their years of practice. Sahaja Yoga begins with a process called self-realization. This is a process whereby we quietly go within ourselves and address an energy within us known as Kundalini. This energy, which has been with us since the beginning of our existence, is a mothering energy who loves us very much. She forgives us, cares for us, and though we barely notice it, she guides us through much of our life. Through a series of gentle affirmations, which we will say together, our Kundalini rises through different energy centers that are located within us. Once she passes through the energy center that's on top of the head, then we are able to experience true meditation. Our thoughts become silent, our emotions become settled, we are peaceful, aware, joyful. To make this self-realization experience all the better, we will play you a talk where Sri Mataji gave realization at a public program to a large audience. Sri Mataji is the founder of Sahaja Yoga and for over 40 years she literally transformed the lives of thousands upon thousands of people from all walks of life. Sometime later on in the program, I'll be giving you some information about the different public programs where Sahaja Yoga meditation classes are held. These programs are free and non-committal. I'll also be giving you some other contact information, so at some point it will be a good idea to get a pen and a piece of paper ready. The first story we're going to listen to is from Greg. Greg is a dentist who has been practicing Sahaja Yoga for many, many years. By all accounts, his professional background and academic leaning is not someone who you would expect to find practicing meditation. But that's the point. There really is no such thing as a stereotypical meditator. These are everyday people living everyday lives. I bumped into Greg at a Sahaja Yoga meditation class that was taking place in Lane Cove, at the library. Luckily, I had a small recorder with me that was in my bag. 
After the program, while the others were chatting, we ducked into one of the study rooms and I got him to tell me his story. The way it all started for me, uh, I'm a dentist by profession and I had someone who came to me the first time and said, look, I want to have my teeth checked, I'm going to India. I said, oh, why are you going to India? And they told me about Sahaja Yoga. And I thought, oh, that's, that's, that's interesting. They told me about um, you know, the self-realisation and this, that and the other. And I said, well, can, I, can you do this? Can I have this? They said, oh, this is an unusual setting, but I'll, I'll give it a go. So there I sat in my, my dental surgery and they, I had, they asked me to close my eyes and I sat there and I'm not, I can't even remember really what I felt, but they, I asked them many questions. This is a, quite a while ago, this is 20-something years ago, but um, then they sent a friend of theirs, another person who practiced hard yoga, and I asked them questions and... Uh, they said, look, you should come along to one of our programs. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll think about it, right, yeah. As if I was going to go to a program with some strange Indian thing. So, But for some reason, I somehow went. For some reason, I think I'm going to go. And the whole time on the journey to this program, there was a voice in my head saying, what on earth are you doing? Why are you going? What, what, where are you going? What, what, are you, what, else, what on earth are you doing? But somehow, I seemed somehow compelled to go. And I went there, and all the time I went into this place, and it seemed very Indian, and there was incense, and there was things that were very, very uh, alien to my upbringing and my conditioning, and my, my, my mind was screaming at me, what on earth are you doing here? And But still, I went there, and I sat down, and I went through various, you know, little techniques and things, and uh, and I sat, one of the things I did, I sat there with my eyes closed, and as I opened my eyes from time to time, through my peripheral vision, I could see what looked to me like, as people were moving their hands around me, it looked like flames were coming out of their hands. And I thought, wow, gee, this is... But in actual fact, I don't know whether they were holding candle or what they were doing, but it looked to me like actually flames were coming out of their hands. That's what really it looked like. And I thought, this is there, boy, something going on here. And anyway, so... I can't remember what I felt after that first uh, experience, but for whatever reason, I decided I came back the following week, and I and I would have quite heated discussions with people there, and they would try to answer my questions, and I was, you know, very questioning this and questioning that. But the thing is, I could see that there was some there was something there, there was something some deeper essence, there's something happening in this place. So I kept coming back and experiencing more and more, understanding a little bit more. And um, I can remember I started, and after a little while I was going to a program in Kensington, which is on the other side of Sydney to where I worked. So I, at, that st- those, at that stage in my life, I had all sorts of things going on in my life, various dramas and this and that. And I found that when I went to these programs, it was like temporarily stepping into heaven. It was like bliss. So I'd go in there, I'd, I'd bring in all my troubles and all my all my stresses and things and I'd sit there for a couple of hours and I would walk out like walking floating on a cloud I just felt so all that heaviness was lifted off me and I gladly drove from one side of Sydney to the other and then from that side of Sydney back to the other side of Sydney once a week and I would have driven to the ends of the earth <laughs> for the way I felt there I would have driven to Newcastle you know every day to, to get a, a bit of that you know and, uh, and that we just kept going on month after month, gradually learning more, experiencing more, 
having little dramas in my life that helped me sort out things and expose. So I could see that my Kundalini was actually uh, orchestrating dramas to show me where I was uh, not functioning properly. You know, so Kundalini was actually guiding me. And when I look back now at the various things that happened to me, I could see exactly why they happened because I needed to experience things to sort me out in a way. And over the years, I've sort of um, become more and more um, understanding. So all those traditional, all those things that people like to equate with this, you know, health, wealth and wisdom, that's basically taken place. It's taken 20 years of, of washing away those layers. And life still has its ups and downs, but those ups and downs are nothing like they used to be. And you find that you have more and more techniques whereby you can... Uh, stay in the centre, so you stay balanced. So, so your whole life tends to be almost like a smooth run, and all you have to do to achieve that is to stay connected. You know, we have very simple techniques in Sajjog where we learn to balance and clear and stay connected. And as long as we do that, where you know, once once you uh, obviously unload all your baggage and all the all the, the gross stuff, then you start washing away the layers on a more subtle level. And um, um, and you basically go from strength to strength. We all start this journey with varying amounts of baggage or we're loaded down with our inherited karmic stuff. And in many cases, like in my case, I must have had, I've had as much as anyone else and it just took, it took a, a, quite a while to work through. It doesn't happen instantaneously, it's not overnight. And sometimes if you have strongly held ideas and strong views and strong conditionings and your ego is quite developed, etc., etc., your kundalini, your inner mother, knows exactly at what rate you can unload the baggage. Because uh, I've known situations where, for example, someone um, intensely desired to get rid of a particular problem they had. They wanted to get rid of this problem as quickly as possible. And they desired that speed, and they did, but they had violent diarrhea for about three days. You know, like they had a, a, a very intense clearing. They desired it. They wanted to get rid of that problem quickly. And somehow a lot of that subtle baggage was worked up through the physical into, you know, and expressing itself as all sorts of uh, things. And, uh, but generally your kundalini knows exactly how much you need, how much you can take, and at what rate you should wash away those layers of debris. And um, and I know that the, one of the milestones for me was um, probably after, uh, I suppose, a, a couple of years of, um, of going to programs every week, etc., and trying to sort of work out what Sajog was about. I had various in, uh, business activities going on, on the, you know, as a lot of professional people do. In those days, we were all into minimising tax, so we into all sorts of tax schemes, and and there were a lot of things that professional people were were presented with by financial planners and accountants. You know, these, you know, uh, olive groves and uh, macadamia farms, and there's one particular thing I was involved in was a, an aeroplane scheme, where a, a syndicate of 20 dentists and doctors would buy a small uh, turboprop or a jet uh, executive jet you'd lease it out you'd have all these depreciation allowances tax deductions all these various things and theoretically you're supposed to have it you're meant to get tax deductions you would lease it you would get so but what happened is most of them end up being financial disasters mine included 
And, um, soon, and we, a recession started and the operator we were leasing the plane to went broke, owing us many hundreds of thousands of dollars. Then we had to have a, a, a Sunday night clandestine operation to physically retrieve the, the, the aircraft before they stripped all the avionics and things off it. And, um, and then at that point in time, all our deductions with the tax department being knocked back. Um, we owed vast amounts of money to the bank. And the last straw, we had a loan in American dollars to buy this plane. And they, the, this is at the time when they decided to float the Australian dollar. And at that point, our loan overnight shot up by an extra million dollars. Yeah, in those days, that was a lot of money. Um, so we thought we were completely finished and we thought we were going to be bankrupt and that was the end of us all. And then I went home from a meeting and there were people there crying and they were going to lose their homes and lose everything. And I went back from that meeting feeling very, very sort of miserable. And I just took myself in hold and I said, I, said, I asked the divine, I asked, I surrender, I give up, I'm, I'm finished. I surrender my circumstances totally at your disposal. Please save me. So from the bottom of my heart, I said, I've had it, please save me. And I met it from the bottom of my heart. Within a day or two, I got a phone call from the accountant that looked after, solicitor looked after this uh, syndicate, because I was on this management committee of this. And he said, look, I got a phone call from the agents of the lender of this thing, and they somehow think that there's a hedge clause in here. And this hedge clause is like an insurance policy against currency fluctuation. And as far as we're concerned, there was no hedge clause. And the, the financial organisers who plan these aeroplane schemes, they, they, they just churn these schemes out. There were dozens that they did, and not one of them had a, 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 a hedge clause in it. So they looked into it, we held our breath, and they came back and said, look, it's very unusual how it's been done, but the lenders will honour it. The million dollars were saved overnight. Then within a very short period of time, Norfolk Island Airways used, decided to take our plane, using it to fly to, Nor to Lord Howe Island, and that they were heavily utilising and paying us huge monthly uh, leasing costs. Within, within, within several months, the money was pouring into the bank. Um, everything was uh, getting better and better. And after a year, we sold the plane at a great profit. The tax department allowed all our deductions and we had a huge celebratory dinner to celebrate our windfall. And the whole time, I was saying to, in the back of my mind, Thank you, thank you, thank you, Mother. Thank yeah. you, Mother. Thank you, Mother. Because that the thing is, to this day, no one knows how the hedge clause got in there. As a matter of fact, there was no hedge clause in there because when we because we'd abandoned the financial planners early in the piece because they were doing all sorts of funny business, and later when we asked them what about this hedge clause, they said, "What are you talking about? There's never any hedge clause. That would have cost too much money. We didn't want to pay for hedge clause." So I don't know how it happened, but somehow that somehow we were saved. And I thought, look, why would you worry about anything? And that was a time when I had to be pushed to the very edge of the cliff and I had to surrender totally. I said, OK, I've had it. Save me. And that was it. And I was grabbed by the scruff of the neck and pulled away from the precipice. And, and that gave me a huge, uh, I suppose, insight into how powerful these, this process is when you completely surrender or let go and you trust it. And I found over the years that the more I trust this process, the more it takes care of me.
we're now going to go through the self-realization process. For this, you'll need to remove your shoes and find somewhere quiet to sit where you won't be disturbed. Take a couple of moments just to relax, take a few deep breaths, and gently close your eyes. You'll be keeping both your hands on the palms, on your knees, with your palms facing upwards. During the process, you'll keep the left hand as it is, and it's the right hand that you will be placing at different points, which we will explain to you while saying some affirmations. We'll play you a talk where Srimanaji gave realization herself to an audience at a public meeting, and she will talk you through the procedure. We have to close our eyes. You can take out your spectacles because you shouldn't open your eyes till I tell you. Also, if you have something very tight on your waist, very tight, or on your neck, then you can little bit reduce the pressure on these two centers. Whatever I have told you, all these conditions, in short, means you should be very pleasantly placed towards yourself because you are going to enter into the kingdom of God. So you have to be very pleasantly placed towards yourself. Now, please put left hand like this towards me, both the feet apart from each other. I put right hand on your heart. And now close your eyes. Here, you have to ask a very fundamental question about you to me. You can call me mother or you can call me Sri Mataji, whatever you like. <coughs> Please ask the question three times in your heart. All these questions are to be asked in your heart. Mother, am I the spirit? Ask this question. Three times. Mother, am I the spirit? As I told you, if you are the spirit, you get the guide to yourself, so you become a master of yourself. The spirit becomes your master. So now take your right hand in the upper portion of your abdomen on the left hand side. Here ask another fundamental question three times. Mother, am I my own master? Mother, am I my own master? Ask this question three times, please. I've already told you that I respect your freedom and the pure knowledge cannot be forced on you. So now please take your hand in the lower portion of your abdomen. The center has got six petals. So please ask six times, Mother, please give me pure knowledge. Mother, please give me pure knowledge. Six times. When you ask for pure knowledge, the Kundalini starts moving upward. So we have to, we have to nourish our upper centers with our self-confidence. So please raise your right hand 
in the upper portion of your abdomen on the left hand side and press it and here again you have to say with full confidence ten times mother i am my own master please say it with full confidence ten times mother i am my own master already told you the fundamental truth about you is that you are not body not mind you are not this conditionings and the ego nor is emotions and intelligence but you are the pure spirit so now raise your right hand on top of your heart and here with full confidence please say 12 times mother I am the pure spirit please say that. mother i am the pure spirit please say it 12 times has to understand that this all pervading power is the ocean of knowledge is the ocean of compassion love and bliss is the ocean of truth but above all it is the ocean of forgiveness and uh, whatever wrong you might have done this ocean of forgiveness can completely forgive you it is that powerful so forgive yourself and raise your right hand into the corner of your neck and your shoulder and turn your head to your right here you have to again say it with full confidence 16 times full confidence mother i am not guilty at all mother I am not guilty at all. Please say it sixteen times with full confidence. that you forgive or don't forgive you don't do anything but if you don't forgive then you play into wrong hands so you have to forgive if you don't forgive as it is all your life you are playing to wrong hands and if you don't forgive you'll also miss out your realization because this center won't open so please forgive now raise your right hand on top of your forehead across put the fingers on one side and your thumb on the other to press it hard on the temples and now put it down your head as far as possible here 
again you have to say with full confidence from your heart not how many times but from your heart mother i forgive everyone in general mother i forgive everyone in general this is very important without your forgiving i cannot forgive you have to forgive yourself your right hand now the back side of your head and push back your head as far as possible now here you have to say again with full confidence and from your heart not how many times without counting your mistakes without feeling guilty just for your satisfaction you have to say oh all pervading power please forgive me if i have done anything wrong knowingly or unknowingly oh all pervading power if i have done anything wrong knowingly or not knowingly please forgive me say it with full confidence the last sentence which is very important please stretch your palm fully put the center of your palm on top of your head in the on the fontanelle bone area which was a soft bone in your child now put down your head as far as possible and push back your fingers please this is very important that please push back your fingers here again i cannot force self realization on you because i respect your freedom i cannot cross over it so move your hand now seven times slowly clockwise saying seven times mother please give me self realization <coughs> take down your hands please take down your hands now please put the right hand forward like this and bend your head and see for yourself if there is a cool or a warm or a hot breeze like waves are coming from your fontanelle bone area but don't put the hand on top of your head but away from it and see for yourself sometimes you get it very far sometimes quite close so just try to feel if there's cool or hot or warm breeze like waves are coming it is you have to satisfy yourself now put the left hand towards me now again put down your head and see for yourself again <coughs> if there's a cool breeze or a warm 
or a hot breeze is coming. It is warm or hot because you have not forgiven perhaps. Or maybe you have a liver problem or some other problem. But doesn't matter, at least you must forgive. Please forgive to help me and help yourself. Please forgive. Again, you put your right hand towards me and put down your left hand on top of your head and see for yourself if there is a cool breeze or a hot or a warm breeze coming out of your head. May God bless you. We're going to listen to the second story now. This story is from Deborah. Personally, I know for a fact there are literally hundreds, maybe even thousands of people worldwide who have come to Sahaja Yoga and who have a story almost identical to this one. Well, I was actually um, starting to get to an age in in uh, a woman's life where things start to change. I, um, I was actually seeking um, something for my health. Um, I wasn't aware of the spiritual aspects at that stage. And I had um, begun to experience some of the um, symptoms of menopause. Things like feeling hot sweats during the night or sudden tingling and crawling sensations up my legs, quite physical experiences that I'd never experienced before and I felt that it was perhaps abnormal or strange. I went to the doctor and the doctor explained that it was a part of the menopause and um, she said HRT was an option, but perhaps not the first option. If there were only mild symptoms, most women just coped with it. And there were some, you know, natural therapies that I could consider. So one night I woke in the night experiencing these symptoms very strongly, and uh, particularly the crawling sensation, which was crawling up my legs and my arms and I, I found myself as I woke from sleep I was scratching violently. When I um, became fully awake and um, looked at my arms I had all red marks where I'd been scratching and I um, tried to see what was there. Was It felt like ants were crawling on me or insects or something. Ants it felt like. But when I looked, there was nothing there. I went into the bathroom and inspected the area and there was nothing on my arms at all except the marks I'd made from scratching. As It seemed to be coming from inside, but um, you know there was nothing to be seen. And as I began to relax, the sensation slowed down. And I thought, this, this is not physical this is um, not quite sure what this is but I seem to be able to control it with my mind 
So I thought, there must be some other way to handle menopause, to cope with what's going to happen to me over the next couple of years, I expected. And um, so, like we all do, self-diagnosing, etc., I went to the internet and I started to search for alternate um, treatment for menopausal symptoms. As I searched, a, um, an entry came up on Google that uh, described a trial that had taken place at the Royal Women's Hospital at Paddington, a trial where women who were experiencing menopausal symptoms and mostly women taking HRT, had been introduced to meditation as a way to control these symptoms. And as I read more about this trial, I realised that it had been quite effective. So I, um, I looked further because I thought this, there's many different types of meditation and I want to find this specific type. And I found that it was called Sahaja Yoga Meditation. So I then Googled Sahaja Yoga Meditation to find out if there was somewhere where people were practicing this or could teach it. And I found the Sydney website. And on there it said free classes. So I thought, what could be wrong with trying this? It's free. And so I looked at the um, various programs around Sydney and it turned out that there was a Sahaja Yoga class on my day off, walking distance from my home at North Sydney. So I went to the first class. When I went in there, there was only three people and a yogi who was conducting the group. It seemed strange because it wasn't a classroom. There were some chairs around and some mats on the floor. The girl who was conducting the group had the most delicious French accent and the most soothing voice that I think I'd heard. She welcomed me and asked me to join the group. She took me through the self-realisation process. I remember clearly a tear trickling down my left eye when I experienced self-realisation. At that time I didn't really understand what was happening but I just knew that I was about to discover something perhaps about myself. The other people who attended the class were very friendly and I got to um, develop social contact with one of those people. But the, um, the girl who conducted the class was the one who impressed me because she didn't charge any money for her time. She paid for the room herself for the uh, hire of the room, which was in a public 
building in a community centre and she came all the way from the other side of Sydney by train and then walked from the train station to the centre to give the course. I just was very impressed with her dedication and the fact that she really felt she had something to give and something to tell. You know, I, I just thought, how can she do this every week? You know, why, why would she want to do this? At this stage, I was only, you know, just experiencing the first stage of um, Sahaja Yoga. But this woman was so dedicated to it. She was actually pregnant at the time, I recall. And still she, she used to come. Actually, at first she used to come in her lunch hour from work and give the course. And then following that, when she gave up work because she was pregnant, she used to come all the way across the city on the train. Yeah. The, um, the tingling sensations stopped almost immediately that I started meditation and the sweats only went on for a couple of months and I've never experienced menopausal symptoms since. I just went through menopause like a breeze. I certainly felt that my health was benefiting um, from the meditation but I also realised that um, maybe uh, another aspect of menopause um, that's often talked about is mood swings and um, you know emotions, uh, temper, all those things uh, come out during menopause. And I remember when I first started to display the um, symptoms of menopause, my husband said, "Get the drugs, just sort it out," you know. <laughs> And I thought, mm, maybe not, you know. And of course, um, I don't think, after I started going to Sahaja Yoga, I don't think he mentioned um, any suggestions um, as far as that was concerned again. So I realised that it was helping me perhaps emotionally. Um, I thought that it was helping me uh, also to just remain clear in my head. Um, I still had times where I lost my temper, where my son pushed my buttons, as they say. And uh, but you know, as time went on, that improved, and it didn't happen in three weeks, and it didn't happen in three months. But now, in three years, I could safely say that I have changed from when I first started coming to Sahaja Yoga.
We're going to play a talk Sri Manaji gave in Berkeley at a public program. This was on the 18th of June, 2000. I bow to all the seekers of truth. I do not know how to thank Mayor of Oakland and Mayor of Berkeley for being so kind to give this certificate to me. I must say this is a wonderful country where people recognize something that is doing good work. Really remarkable it is. <coughs> I had been here before to Berkeley because everybody tells me that there are lots of seekers of truth in Berkeley. This is the thing that has attracted me very much. But first of all we should know what are we seeking all these days. Once you start seeking it goes on like a rat race of seeking. Or have you been able to find something? So what do you have to find in your seeking? As you know in all the scriptures it is being told that you have to know yourself. You don't know yourself. You don't know what problems you have within. People get into diseases without knowing till it develops into a very serious trouble. <coughs> also they go on hurting others, being jealous with others, being in tension and stress, all kinds of problems come to them and they don't know why it happens. Why? What is the reason? So today I am going to tell you how you have to know yourself. First of all you must decide that you have been seeking, seeking, seeking and this is the place known for its seeking. It's high time you better come to the end of it and seek what you have been seeking and you get it. That's the promise. First and foremost thing, when we are seeking we should know what are we within ourselves. What do we know about ourselves is only through doctors or through psychologists or some people, which is very superficial knowledge about ourselves. In our depth, in our within, what do we have which doctors don't know is the parasympathetic nervous system. They don't know. Sympathetic system is the system by which when we work very hard, we run and do all kinds of things, the sympathetic goes into action. Heart will start beating fast. But what brings it to normal is the parasympathetic. And this is what we have to know within ourselves that it exists and it operates automatically. How it exists and how it works out, that's why we have to know. Moreover, <clears throat> what are we when you see the whole world is so full of violence, 
full of all kinds of nonsense that's going on. And you can't imagine why people do it. What is the need to do all these horrible things in the name of God, in the name of religion, in the name of some political party or some sort of a name they must have to fight with each other, torture others, kill each other. All this works out through human beings, through people who are supposed to be at the top of evolution. Human awareness is at the highest point. So now what's happening to our awareness? Why do we get into jealousies, into angers, into all kinds of funny type of behavior which animals also don't do? Because we have freedom, we can do what we like. We can do what we like with ourselves, with others, but still we must know our vehicle better. We should know what is within us. And for that, there is placed within us a beautiful thing called Kundalini, which lies in the triangular bone, which is called a sacrum. That means Greek knew about it, that's why they call it a sacred bone. In the triangular bone it lies at the base of your spine and this is the one which is going to give you a real asset. This is the one which is going to connect you to the all-pervading power of Divine Love. They have all talked about all power of God, Divine Love, all kinds of things. But we don't know where it is, where does it exist, how it works. If really it is there or not, also we are not very sure. So this power lies within your triangular bone. All of you have this power within. It's not anyone who belongs to any nationality or to any culture, but everyone has this power within himself. But you'll be surprised how people have made such a horrible picture of Kundalini. And they say that when the Kundalini rises you may go mad, you may shout, you must do all kinds of things. Because they have no authority to do it, because they don't know how to do it. That's why they make up a story like that and tell you because they don't want to ascend, I think, or they don't know. They are incapable of awakening the Kundalini. But I must tell you that she is your mother, she is your individual mother. She knows everything about you. It's all recorded. Whatever was your past, whatever mistakes you committed, whatever aspirations you have, Everything she knows about is all recorded there in a three and a half call. But she's your mother, your own mother, and when you were born, your mother took all the trouble upon herself. She didn't give you trouble. In the same way, when this Kundalini rises, she doesn't give you any trouble. Now people are afraid even to talk about Kundalini because those who talked about Kundalini 
I don't know what sort of people they were. And it was such a misleading thing that they thought it's better not to talk about. But talk is talk. Talk is not everything. What has to happen, the awakening of this Kundalini? It's an actualization. It is not just talking, giving lectures, you do this, you stand like this, put your hand this way, your legs that way. It's not that. It's very simple that this Kundalini, which is responsible for your last ascent, your, <coughs> I should say, the last step in your evolution, this Kundalini is your own mother and she cannot harm. She can never do that. This is the fact I would like to tell you first of all. Because I know in America all kinds of people have come from India. Those people also were released from jail, wore some sort of a dress and came in. They're all minting money, that's what they are doing, they're good at it. So, if you have any understanding about divinity, you must understand that you cannot sell it and you cannot purchase it. If you can purchase some person, then such a person cannot be your master. He can be your servant, but not your master. So once you understand this point, it's very important for you people to know that it is not sellable.
If you'd like to know more about Saja Yoga, including information about where a meditation class is held near you, you can call this toll-free number on 1-300-724-252. That's 1-300-724-252. A great website with detailed information about where all the free Sahaja Yoga classes are held not just in Sydney, but all over Australia, is sahajayoga.com.au. That's www.sahajayoga, all one word, .com.au. Another great website which has loads of information about Sahaja Yoga is freemeditation.com. That's www.freemeditation.com all one word dot com if you have any questions about today's program you can email us at sahajayoga radio program at gmail dot com that's sahajayoga radio program all one word at gmail dot com I hope you enjoyed today's program and until next week this is the sahajayoga radio program on 2SER 107.3.